Yirmiyahu chapter 14. Chapter 14 takes place. Asher hayod var Hashem Yirmiyahu al divrei habatzorot. The word of the Lord came to Yirmiyahu concerning the droughts. And we don't know when these droughts took place prior to the exile of the people, clearly. And the beginning of the chapter describes the dire situation of the people in the land. No rain, no food. So the chapter begins, Judas in mourning. The gates are languish. People are bowed to the ground. And the outcry of Jerusalem rises. So the people are crying out because of the dire situation, described in the next few verses, The nobles, the older ones, send the young ones to the water, but there is no water. They return with their vessels empty. It says in verse number 3, and there's nothing to eat. There's no rain, there's no food. Not just for the people, but for the animals as well, and that's described in verses number 4, verse 5 and 6. Verse 7 is the people's response to the drought. Verse 7 is a well-known verse. Though our sins, our iniquities, testify against us. God, for the sake of your own name, Save us for the sake of your own name. We have rebelled against you. Rabu Meshuvotenu Wachatanu. Nonetheless save us. Nonetheless do not act as one who can't save, who has no power, who's powerless. Romatiak Ishnitam Kigiboro Yuchaloshia Fiatabikirbainu Washem. God, you're in that midst in verse number nine, chapter fourteen. Shimcha Orenu Nikra Altani Khenu, your name is attached to us. Do not forsake us. This argument that save us not because of our virtue, but save us because of your name, your attachment to us, your reputation, this is hardly the first time that we have encountered such an argument. In fact, Moshe himself, in arguing for the people, makes exactly that point. What are the nations going to say? You may want to distance yourself from the people, but in fact, the world identifies you with the Jewish people. And if the Jewish people languish or are destroyed, it looks bad for you. That's Moshe's very human argument to God, which God accepted at that time. But over here, God does not accept that argument. And the next verse, God is responding to the argument. Not going to relent, says God. I recall their iniquity and punish their sin. Verse number 10. And that's followed by verse number 11, which is, Vayomer Hashem Eli. God said to me, to Yirmiyahu, Altit Parel Biyada Oma Do not pray for the people. Do not pray for their welfare. So I'm not going to listen. Ki when they fast, Ineni Shomea. I'm not going to listen. El Rinatam, to their outcries. Sacrifices, I don't accept. The ratzot, often used in conjunction with sacrifice. 
but rather Bacherev Uvaraov Vadever Anochimacharotam. I will destroy them with war, famine, and disease, the triad that comes together so many times in the book of Yirmiyah. So I'm not going to listen to their cries, and therefore, Yirmiyah, you should not pray for them. And this phrase, do not pray for the people, appears three times in the first 14 chapters of Yirmiyah. It appears in chapter 7 of Yirmiyah, it appears in chapter 11 of Yirmiyah, and appears once again in chapter 14 of Yirmiyah. And what's interesting is that this particular pattern, I'm not going to hear their cries, and therefore I don't want you praying for them either. This is repeated as we move through the chapter. And again, once towards the end of the chapter, once again, we have a question. Have you rejected Yehuda? Have you rejected Israel? Why have you smitten us? Why is there no cure? Why do we hope for good? We wish for peace. For healing, and instead there is terror. That's a phrase we've encountered earlier in this book. And we we accept our sin. In verse 20. Nonetheless, nonetheless, do not annul the covenant. For the sake of your own name, do not disown us. For your own name, it's exactly the argument that we have in the beginning of chapter 14. We find at the end of chapter 14. In the beginning of the next chapter, we have God's response. By Yomer Hashem Eli, the beginning of 15, Im Yamod Moshe Ushmuel Lefanai, Ein Nafshi Amazeh, Shalach Me'al Panai V'yetzeyu. And God's response to Yemiyo, the first verse of 15, which in fact is a response to the question that is raised at the end of chapter 14, I'm not listening. Not only not to the people will I not listen, but even Moshe and Shmuel, the character of Shmuel in the book of Shmuel, to a great extent, is a, described in terms of Moshe. Shmuel in many ways, of course not identical to Moshe, but in many ways the character, the way it's constructed in the book of Shmuel, is based upon the Moshe character. Moshe is the great defender of the Jewish people. Moshe prays for the people. Praise for the people in the Golden Calf episode. He prays for the people in the episode of the spies. He prays other times as well, very persuasively. He negotiates with God for the people. And Shmuel is also one who leads through prayer. They're both prophets. And a prophet, of course, is one who delivers God's message, but also one who prays. Yemiyah, in fact, is exactly that. He's both one who brings God's message, frightening message, but on many occasions, prays for the people, sympathizes with the people, etc. And now we have the beginning of chapter 15. Even if those best known for prayer, that's Moshe Ushmuel, the verse we have in the Psalms, that is one of the Psalms recited traditionally by many on the Sabbath Eve, Shuel Shabbat. Moshe v'yaron b'cholanav u'shmuel b'korei shemo. Moshe and Aaron, God's ministers, Shmuel and Shmuel, the Kore Shemo, cry out in God's name. 
Korei Shemo, which actually is interesting because Korei Shemo is exactly what the people were doing in chapter 14, the beginning of chapter 14 and the end of chapter 14. Don't save us for our own sake. Save us for your sake, for the sake of your name. Roman, Roman Shimcha in verse number 21 of chapter 14, our chapter. And God's response, which here is chapter 15, verse number 1 is, I'm not listening. For whatever reason, it's reached a point where God is refusing to hear the prayer, not only of the people and the sacrifice and all that, but even those who might best represent the people. That's the response to Yirmiyahu in chapter 14 and the beginning of chapter 15. And I believe that because of this response, because of the recognition, at least in these chapters, that you can't actually change the situation. Nothing you are going to do is going to make a difference. Perhaps for this reason, the next chapter, which is chapter 15, which we'll get to tomorrow, we have a very, very striking soliloquy on the part of Yirmiyahu. Well, actually, it's a soliloquy, but God responds to Yirmiyahu in chapter 15, which is, Oili imei litini. Yirmiyahu in chapter 15, and we'll get to this tomorrow, bemoans the fact that he was born in the first place. Verses that remind us very much of sections of the book of Eov, and we'll get to this tomorrow, and the great despair, the sense of worthlessness, I suggest, is a function exactly of our chapter and the beginning of the next chapter, which is, there's nothing you can do to change the situation. You are a prophet, and you've been set aside as a prophet before you're born. And we know what a prophet is. A prophet is one, among other things, that prays. But Yemiah was told in these chapters that there's no point to pray. Not only you can pray. There are times when prayer will not help. Will not help. And because it's gone too far. That's the reason given in the beginning of the next chapter, in chapter 15. Why has it gone too far? Because in chapter 15, verse number 4, Bigwal Menasheb and Chizkiyo Melech Yudah Arasher Asabi Rishalayim on account of King Menasheh. Now, throughout the book of Yirmiyot, that's hardly the only reason that it's too late. It's hardly the only reason that destruction will come. But in this particular verse, in verse number 4 of chapter 15, it puts it in terms of the past, and specifically, Menashe ben Chizkiyo Melech Yehuda. This is the setting, actually, for what is a set of very striking verses in chapter 15, Yirmiyot bemoaning his fate. And we'll get to that tomorrow.